Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week's question, as kind of promised last week, is from a Gen Xer, hey 40-something, and it goes like this. I'm over 40 and it feels like I'm running out of time. I'm 44 this month and have a good job and in a solid 14-year-long relationship and have two grown daughters that are 25 and 22 years old who live on their own. But now I'm feeling short on time to do the things I really want to do in life, like write and publish books, put my art in the world, and travel. I have very little extra energy these days, and it makes me feel like I'm short on time in life and in the day to do my soul's creative work. Does my chart suggest it's time for me to make a big change and take a leap? And Running Out of Time was born on May 23rd, in 1977 at 4.39. Now, running out of time, you didn't say if it was a.m. or p.m. I'm assuming it's a.m. because you didn't specify, but I almost didn't choose this question because you didn't include it. But you know, it's a Mercury retrograde shadow. I will allow it at this time, but only this time. My friends, make sure you include a.m. or p.m. She was born in Boulder, Colorado. So there's a lot to say about this question and this chart. And to remind you, if you're following along by pulling up the birth chart, I use Campanus Houses, which is certainly relevant in this question and all the questions. So you are currently going through a lot astrologically. And when I say a lot, I mean a whole lot. Let me start with this. You are done with your Uranus opposition. You are done with your Neptune square to Neptune. None of this is related to the astrology of the midlife crisis. So that's kind of cool, right? However, there are several things you're going through that are responsible for triggering these issues inside of you. But it really deserves to be said that 44 years old is still young. I earnestly believe this, like I deeply and passionately believe that 44 is still young. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that there's something big in your question about feeling like you're running out of time. Generally speaking, I have found that unless it's really situational, people who feel like they're running out of time at 44 also feel like they're running out of time at 34 and also feel like they're running out of time at 24 you know? So maybe that feeling that you're running out of time is actually really inspiring to you. Maybe it's motivating and catalyzing to you. However, you know, are you running out of time to write and publish? Of course not. Can you do that at 46, at 56, at 66? Can you do that at 86? Yes, 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 and yes. Okay, that all said, let's get seriously astrological here. And we're going to begin with Pluto. Now, you are going through something called Pluto conjunction to the midheaven, and this is a really big deal transit. It happens once in a lifetime, and it doesn't happen to everybody, so it's a big deal. Your midheaven is at 23 degrees Capricorn and 32 minutes, and this transit will be over in November of 2021, and by the time it's over, uh, you will have been going through it for about two full years. This particular transit, it really creates a great deal of focus, passion, and urgency around what you're doing with your life. 
and this feeling of urgency, it's not exactly an I'm running out of time vibe as much as it is, I really want to make an impact. I really want to do something in this world and with my life that I feel good about. And I want to be seen for what I'm doing. You know, the midheaven is related to many things, including your reputation, how others see you, what others feel or think about you. And so this feeling of not just I want to write, or I want to do something creative, but I want to be published and I want to be seen. That's the Pluto conjunction to the midheaven. So on that tip alone, yes, this is absolutely a really powerful time for mobilizing based on what you care about, based on what you want to do with your life and how you want to be seen and known. Okay. That's one answer I can give you, but it's kind of not that simple because Pluto, when it sits on top of the midheaven, really requires that you give something up in order to create what you want. And so if you are feeling exhausted, which honestly, there's some astrology to that, and we'll get into it in a second here. But if you've been feeling really exhausted, then you might need to give up some of the things that you're doing that are exhausting you. You might need to give up you know, foods that are actually just not good for your body at this time. You might need to prioritize how you feel in a new way. And this is really important because what happens in our 40s onward, if we don't center and prioritize how we feel on the inside, right? If we don't prioritize those things, then we tend to lose energy and our bodies tend to demand that we pay attention. So one way or another, you kind of need to tend to yourself. Part of the wisdom of being in your 40s and older is the wisdom of knowing that it's important to make time and space for your wellness. And if you don't want to do that, then, you know, you'll be forced. I mean, that's just kind of part of the, the gig with having a body. So part of prioritizing doing what you really want to do with your life may actually not be about doing the thing itself at this moment. It might be about clearing the decks and creating both the internal and also the kind of behavioral conditions that you need in order to do what you want to do, right? Because it's really hard in the context of age to run out of time to write. Now, you might not have time in a day, but writing is something you could do at any age, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing about writing if you like writing. Okay, but that's not all that's happening. You are also going through a couple of Saturn transits, and these guys are really responsible for tapping your energy. For the most part, so basically from like February onwards, in 2021, you've had Saturn forming a square to your natal Mercury. Saturn forming a square to your natal Uranus, Saturn forming a square to your ascendant, and Saturn opposing itself. And this particular kind of like bucket of Saturn transits is hitting your natal T-square between Saturn, Uranus, the ascendant, and Mercury, with Saturn as the focal planet. And so what this all kind of boils down to mean is that your kind of lack of energy, your sense of futility or frustration probably isn't new. It's an old pattern that has been triggered at this time by Saturn's influence. And what Saturn wants us to do when it's forming this many squares is it wants us to look at what is and isn't working and to take action to make changes. Now, the changes that Saturn wants us to make are not radical, generally speaking. What they are is substantive. So it is less about like, burning everything down and starting your path as an artist. And it's more about taking the actions that you need to kind of create the right conditions for you to be successful in. 
So Saturn wants us to be patient. Saturn wants us to apply the wisdom we've accrued over the course of time. When we look at your Saturn opposition to Saturn, this is a really important transit because what it represents is this like high watermark of your Saturn cycle. So you're at the exact midpoint between your two Saturn returns, the one you already had and the one you're going to have next. And what you're dealing with now is so much of the consequences of your Saturn return, your last Saturn return. And in your birth chart, you have Saturn in the fifth house, in the sign of Leo. And that is so much to do with creativity and play and the arts. And when I say the arts, I got to say, it's not about necessarily fine arts. The fifth house is more about creative dynamic. It's, it's really it's about creation. It's about crafts. So it's really about like making stuff. It's the joyful process of making stuff. This is why the fifth house is associated with both making babies playful sex and art and creative work, right? Because it's all kind of this like generative, life-affirming, life force energy. It's fiery and fun. But with Saturn in there, it's not easy for you. It's not easy for you to prioritize it. You can be very hard on yourself and you can kind of put a lot of roadblocks in front of you and really see them as impenetrable, right? As, as like a reason to stop altogether. And so this is a time in your life where you are finally wise enough, you are finally ready to really look honestly at the choices you've made and how they have and haven't served you and to start changing, right, to making behavioral changes. The fact that Saturn is squaring your ascendant means this is going to change your identity in a meaningful way. The fact that Saturn is squaring your natal Uranus means that it's going to impact your interpersonal relationships. This is in particular because Uranus is conjunct your descendant. All of these things combined mean, yes, you are unlikely to have a lot of energy. The reason why you don't have a lot of external energy is because you're not meant to be doing big external work necessarily. The work needs to come from within you. You know, the reason why this is, is first of all, Saturn really likes, you know, pruning and tending to things. But in particular, you have Uranus conjunct your descendant from the sixth house. You have Saturn in the fifth house. You've got your Mercury in the 12th house. So all of these things indicate that the work is a bit more internal and a little less external at this stage. But understand this internal work is the foundation for external change. Sometimes when we go about changing things externally, right, before we've done the internal preparations, is we make a change and the change doesn't stick because we haven't prepared, right? This is the time for preparation. It's absolutely the time for preparation. And there's something really important that I hope that you're hearing in this, which is you have time. You are on time for dealing with these exact issues. We don't stop growing and changing and orienting ourselves around creativity and the work of our soul as we age. What we do is we relate to those themes in different and new ways. And when we center and prioritize our inner world, our personal needs in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and onwards, the process of aging itself becomes a lot better, like a lot better, I think anyways. The feeling that you have, like you're running out of time, you know, turning 44 years old, running out of time, that feeling can incline you to want to take a leap before you're ready or you're certain. 
But it's not wise. What you want to instead do, if you can, is see how much time you have ahead of you. See how much energy you have for the things that you care about. And you have evidence of this, right? You've taken care of kids. You've got a career. You've got a long-term relationship. These things all take a great deal of energy and care. And now is a wonderful time to take stock of that skill set that you have, of really prioritizing and centering people and things that you care about. And apply that to yourself. Saturn opposition to Saturn is a great time for parenting or reparenting yourself. It's a really useful time because what you do or don't do now will have meaningful consequences come your next Saturn return in about 14 years, right? Now, I want to say one more thing about creativity, writing, and the arts for you. Not only do you have Saturn in the fifth house, which inclines you to be very exacting and demanding of yourself when it comes to creativity, but you also have Libra intercept your sixth house. And that means inevitably that you have Aries intercept your 12th. So there's a lot of things to say about this, including you have your North Node and Pluto in Libra in the sixth house, and you've got Venus and Mars in Aries conjunct quite tightly in your 12th, and it's all intercept energy. And this further reiterates how deeply and passionately and truly you feel called to create. And I don't know if you identify as an artist or a writer, it doesn't really matter. For you, centering and prioritizing creativity into your daily life is really important. It's so important for your spiritual wellness. Now, you mentioned the desire to travel. You know, you've got this Jupiter-Neptune opposition. Jupiter's in your first house. Jupiter's really close to your sun. Yes, travel's a big part of life for you. It's a really important thing for you. We're still in a panorama, so I'm not necessarily recommending that you travel a lot. But I don't think that's really the, the, the crisis here. I think that the real call that is happening for you spiritually is the call to create and to change your relationship to the process of creation and to what it means to have written something or or made something. Creating for the joy of creation is a gift that I want to encourage you to give yourself. You might find it a bit triggering. You might find it hard to actually find the energy to do this, but it will have rewards that have a cascade effect that will impact your whole life in meaningful ways. As you know, India is going through a crisis around COVID-19, and they need our help. I have a list of orgs that you can support in show notes. And in particular, I want to highlight MutualAidIndia.com. They are organized by queer and disabled folks on the ground in India, and the mutual aid is constantly updated for accuracy. Priority is given to queer, trans, and disabled folks. And even small amounts of money can make a really big impact. If you practice yoga, teach yoga, or have ever profited from a spiritual or creative practice that comes out of India, this is your call to give back. I don't know about you, but to me, it's just another day in paradise out here. That was sarcastic. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on astrologically. And there's likely to be a lot going on with you emotionally, psychologically, and in your life in general. So we're going to unpack all kinds of bits and pieces of it. 
But I just want to remind you that Astrology for Days, my very beloved tool for astrology students of all levels and professional astrologers, is now available in beta. You can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Jessica Lignato to get a discount. If you just want to jump on and get the app in beta, you can do that over at astrologyfordays.com. It's cute. It's really, really helpful and useful. I feel really lucky. I mean, this is just like a total aside, but my my beloved forever fiance, yeah, I have a forever fiance, um, built it for me and for my community of geeks and nerds. And that's, I don't know. Is that cute? Yes. Is it lovely? Yes. And will you be charmed when you when you use it? Yes. And if you want more information, uh, we finally have a tutorial video up on the website. Just go over to Astrology for Days and click on tutorial when you hit the homepage and then you'll get to then you'll get all the 411 you need. Okay, so that's that. That's that. Before we get really into the horoscope, I, of course, have to acknowledge what's happening in the world, whether we're looking at the unrest in Palestine and Israel, Colombia, Brazil, what's happening in India, the consistent and chronic violent unrest in the United States of America, and in so many other regions of the world. It might feel like things are reaching a fever pitch. It might feel like things are really uh, helpless or hopeless. Those feelings are really valid and we are in eclipse season. If you listen to my 2021 year ahead horoscope, you will know that this is kind of a moment in 2021 where we could expect unrest. We could expect this kind of explosive time, this really destabilizing time. Saturn is transiting through the sign of Aquarius. And when this occurs, it's always a time when the people rise up. This is a unique experience in human history in that we have the internet. While we are across the world absolutely struggling to maintain and protect a free press and, you know, journalistic standards, and there's all this, quote, fake news and con spirituality stuff and all this mixed information that really makes it hard to know what's true and what's not true. While all of that is happening, we also have phones. We also kind of are all able to advocate for things we care about individually and to spread news about what is happening on the ground where we are. And so because of that, you know, because of the role of the internet, we have more information than we've ever had before in any Saturn and Aquarius transit. We also have, of course, Mars Out of Bounds, if you haven't already heard that episode with Tony Howard. Uh, please do listen to that one. It's Out of Bounds until the 24th of May, and it's really a volatile time. Of course, we're still going through the Saturn square to Uranus under the cumulative impact of the Saturn Pluto mess of 2020. It's really restless. It's everybody is done. People are done. We are done with all manner of restrictions. Governments and corporations, people and entities with power are really compelled to preserve their power by whatever means necessary. And that's not usually good for the people, right? It's just not usually great for the people. We are likely to see continued and intensified unrest. That's happening. The right and right-wing extremist groups keep on mobilizing. And when I talk about, you know, Saturn and Aquarius and people self-publishing and people rising up, that's all the people on all sides of the aisle, right? There's 
so much to say about all of this, including acknowledging that Uranus is still transiting through Taurus, which is something that I've I've touched on a fair amount on the podcast over the past couple of years, uh, and the kind of global impact that that is likely to have, and how the last time Uranus was in Taurus, we did have a world war. Now, I'm not saying that to frighten you. I'm not saying that because I'm saying, oh, we're on the brink of another world war. But astrology is a unique tool for understanding history. And when we talk about history, we're talking about social movements. We're talking about politics. We're talking about the environment. So many things. So many things. You know, astrology is fascinating. Obviously, I think astrology is fascinating. But the question to really consider, the, the thing to really put your energy into is how can you show solidarity? How can you show up, you know, in practical terms? for the communities that are vulnerable, for the things that you believe in? How can you investigate and excavate your own racism, your own xenophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism? How can you excavate your own transphobia or homophobia, classism, ableism, whatever it is that you need to be investigating and excavating? How can you do that work without overwhelming yourself to the point where you shut down? How can you acknowledge that there are things that you can't understand, that you don't have enough information to understand, whether that's domestically, whether that's interpersonally, or whether that's when looking at and considering other cultures and countries and what's happening there? There's nothing wrong with not understanding everything. Each of us only has the information that we have. And when we are willing to learn and investigate and look at multiple news sources and listen to other perspectives and not respond immediately, but instead sit with our reactions. Maybe do the work of getting more information. When we do this kind of work as a practice, we can participate more effectively and we can safeguard our own mental and emotional wellness, our own spiritual wellness. And all of these things are really important because this is not a sprint. The shit is a marathon, my loves. It is a goddamn marathon. And within that, I got to say something, again, I've been saying for a couple of years now, but I've especially been concerned about pointing towards this eclipse season, is that journalism is really important. Truth without empathy, truth without compassion, it's cruelty. It can become a manipulation, even. It's really important that we do seek the truth right? But truth with humanity, truth with empathy. It's also really important that we support a free press, a domestic free press and a global and international free press. These things are very important. And if you get any amount of news from me, that's cool. But you know, I'm not a news source, right? You like, you know, you know that. So you're doing lots of investigations. I hope, I pray, I hope and pray. Anywho's, That shit is what's happening. Okay, so now we're going to get more astrological, my friends and my loves. So retroshade, eclipse season, Jupiter and Pisces, we've got it all. Let's start with the retroshade. So as of May 14th, Mercury is in its retroshade period. In other words, its shadow period leading up to the retrograde that is occurring on May 29th. So I'll talk more as I as I keep on promising about the Mercury retrograde soon. But Mercury will be retrograde May 29th through June 22nd, and it will be in the zodiac sign of Gemini the whole damn time. 
As we're in the retro shade, it is a great time to A, be a little bit patient with, you know, miscommunications, misunderstandings, and technical difficulties. Very important. A little spoiler is that this Mercury retrograde, there's a lot to say about it, but one meaningful point of it, in my view, is that it will have a great deal to do with boundaries, okay? And boundaries start within. When you assert rules and when you kind of like bark commands at yourself or others, that's not really a boundary. That's something else. A boundary comes from inside and it is generally a lot more flexible than rules. So I want to just kind of give you that heads up that this retrograde is going to have a lot to do with boundaries. And in the retro shade, you can start looking at the need for boundaries that you're experiencing, the role that boundaries, either having them or not having them or responding to them and others is playing in your life. And again, I will return to that soon. But I want to just kind of give you that heads up and validate that, yeah, it's happening and it's not going to ruin your life and it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, you know, it's the weather report. It's what's happening. Now, it is eclipse season. (laughs) And that means that emotions are running very fucking high. It feels very intense. There is a lack of chill in the air. The thing about eclipses is that they're lunar transits. Whenever we're dealing with something with the moon, it's emotions. It's how you feel. It's how you process emotion. It's how you digest emotion. It's how you show up. It's your capacity for empathy and compassion and care and love. It's how you express those feelings, those impulses. It's how you take them in. It's how you reference your past and how you feel in your present. So when we deal with eclipses, we are dealing with ourselves in a really personal way, regardless of your situation. As we get closer to the May 26th eclipse, which has a lot going on in it, and I will unpack it in great detail in next week's episode. But as we approach it, you can absolutely trust that defenses and reactiveness is up. Emotions are up. And this is where I come back to there is such a thing as truth, right? Truth is in some ways not relative. I mean, the truth is the truth is the truth. And in other ways, the truth is relative. It's an and also. It's not an either or. This all depends on context. But what we do know is that truth without empathy can easily become a huge fucking problem. And so your relationship to how you experience and express what is true how you take in what is true. This is something to consider as we approach the first eclipse of the season. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And that brings us finally to the other thing I want to touch on, which is Jupiter is in Pisces. May 13th through the end of July 2021, and then it comes back in 2022. So it'll go back into Aquarius, but we have a nice little chunk of it this year, Jupiter in Pisces. So I know that a lot of people who have slightly more optimistic natures than me um, have been focusing on how amazing the transit of Jupiter in Pisces can be. And it absolutely can. The planet Jupiter loves moving through the sign of Pisces. It is very comfortable in the sign of Pisces. These two energies are associated with idealism and optimism and in many ways, the breaking down of borders and uh, the ability to show up with empathy and compassion these energies can promote understanding and empathy and true humanitarianism. Pisces is different than Aquarius in the ways in which it is oriented around humanitarianism. 
Pisces is like as a non-bordered, non-binary vibe. So Jupiter and Pisces can be a time where we have increased empathy, increased care for one another, where we can adopt a greater amount of flow in our lives. And not just in like the little situations, but in the big picture of how we direct our lives. This transit can be associated with finding your place in service. And, you know, because of these energies, it might not be material service. It might be the spiritual side of service or figuring out how to put your shit aside and be there for other people or how to care for yourself around caregiver burnout if you've already been doing that for too long. The downside of Jupiter and Pisces in my not so optimistic view is the rise of religious extremism, the rise of kind of like purity based theories and ideologies, right? And this can be a time where we see the power yielded by maybe fringe groups. So Pisces can be an energy that is associated with cults and giving up your power to an ideology or a person in a really complete and total way. Another thing Jupiter and Pisces can do is just really empower us to check the fuck out, to just really disassociate. And so if you have addiction issues, this can be kind of a slippery slope kind of vibe. It's like a really fun slippery slope, but it still brings you down a slope that will be very hard to get back up from. So this is an important transit to really pay attention to because when Jupiter returns back to Pisces in December of this year of 2021, it will have another go and it will be a pretty quick go. It'll only go through about this time next year, you know, so it'll be a pretty quick transit through Pisces again. But this is going to give us a solid little taste test of what's yet to come. So explore what this means for you. Do with that as you will. Okay, now to your proper horoscope of the week. Are you ready? We are looking at the week of May 16th through the 22nd of 2021. And the first exact transit of the week is happening on the 17th of May. This is a Sun trine to Pluto. Now, Sun trine to Pluto is a really fortifying transit whenever Pluto is involved, even in a trine. And do we like trines? Yes. Yes, we do like trines. Trines are an easy flow of energy. But whenever Pluto's involved, there's a need for transformation, investigation. Uh, It can trigger compulsions and intensity. And the sun is associated with our identity and also our life force energy. It's your will. So when the sun forms a trine to Pluto, we have the capacity to create real reform, to look within and deal with something that may be kind of painful or difficult or intense but to do it in a way that is regenerative, that feels somehow life-affirming, right? It's healing. Sun trying to Pluto promotes healing. That is a beautiful thing. Now, if you're on some bullshit or somebody else is on some bullshit and you feel really entitled, you could go pretty far in the wrong direction with this energy as well. Really, energy is just energy. It's what you do with it. So uh, yeah, Sun trying to Pluto, generally speaking, though, is super lovely and fortifying. In particular, if there's something you've been trying to kind of move forward or something you've been trying to really transform, this energy is supportive to that. And that might look like, you know, giving yourself a break and just really not doing anything and allowing that to transform your energy. There's nothing wrong with taking a break when a person needs it. Now that brings us to the 19th. On the 19th, we have an exact sextile between Venus and Saturn. 
Now, Venus and Saturn are the two most security-oriented planets in the zodiac. Venus is associated with security and stability in that it's related to your finances and the stuff you own. It's related to diplomacy and getting along with others. And it's related to your relationships, your sense of connection and interconnection. Saturn is related to security and stability in terms of your place in the world, in terms of organized reality <laughs> and time and maturity. So when these two planets form a sextile to each other, or a trine, but in this case, it is a sextile, we have the capacity to create and invest in security. But here is the beautiful thing. You get to define what security looks like. You get to define what security is, what stability is, based on your own values. And some of what you value may be getting along with others and kind of falling in line or not rocking the boat too much. You know, I'm not going to say that's good or it's bad. It is what it is, right? You get to decide what you value and to build a security or a stability that reflects those values. And wherever you're at in your journey towards embodiment of those themes, around and on the 19th of May is a good time for really achieving greater progress with it. What you might notice when there's a sextile is that things don't always go your way. Things don't always feel quite right. And the reason why is because the systems you have in place are working. So <laughs> if the systems you have created and put in place aren't great, they don't really reflect your values. They are a result of shortcuts or half-truths or whatever it is. Yeah, then you're not going to like how it feels when it's working well. Understanding the difference between this relationship is broken, this attitude is broken, this system is broken, and this attitude, this relationship, this system is working exactly as it was designed to work, and that's the problem. Being able to determine the difference between these two things is really important to being able to remediate, to fix whatever problems exist. And that brings us to Gemini season. The sun moves into Gemini on the 20th of May. So Gemini season, things move a lot quicker. <laughs> Connections are made. This is a great time for mobility and communication. And after the fixed energy of all this Taurus season stuff that we've been going through, which, you know, no shade on Taurus season. I love a Taurus season. Gem when the sun moves into Gemini, things lighten up and messages can be passed and connections can be made a lot easier, right? Just a lot of flow. So that's kind of exciting. And that brings us to the final transit of this week. On the 21st of May, we have a sun square to Jupiter. Whenever a planet square Jupiter, you don't have to worry about it too much. You know what I mean? Like a square to Jupiter can often be like too much of a good thing, but it's still, you know, too much of a good thing. The sun forming a square to Jupiter is likely to do a couple of things, right? So on a personal level, if you've been trying to rein in a behavior or be more moderate, this transit's going to test you. It's not an easy transit in the context of moderation or pacing yourself. Jupiter and the sun forming a 90 degree angle to each other is a real giddy up and go kind of vibe. So you may be feeling restless. You may be feeling uh, really brave or brazen. And I say brave or brazen because your bravery may or may not be well warranted. 
So, you know, this can this can kind of be exactly what you need if you've been feeling really anxious, if you've been feeling really insecure, if your energy has been lagging and you've been struggling to figure out, you know, how to mobilize this, this can be a great transit. It just it really can energize and provoke you in just the right way. Now, the downside of sun square to Jupiter is really meaningful, in particular, in the moment that we're living through. Sun square to Jupiter. So of course, that's the sun in Gemini square to Jupiter in Pisces. This transit can coincide with ideological conflicts. And I think that we know that this is no small matter at this time across the world. It can coincide with soapboxing or people trying to shove their beliefs down other people's throats or vice versa. Sun square to Jupiter really is an impulsive energy. It's a restless energy. And the downside of Jupiter can be really sticky and tricky. You know, it can have to do with religiosity gone wrong. It can have to do with the spreading of lies or spreading of essentially like gossip or stories as though they were fact. This can be a time where we really need to look out for the press and make sure that we are supporting a free press and really make sure that we are paying attention to our news sources. Sun square to Jupiter can be a time where you say some shit you didn't think through. So you didn't think through the consequences. If that comes to pass, then you know, a little bit of humility can go a long way. Just make sure if you overstep or if you speak out of turn that you're willing to learn from it. Because the cool part about Jupiter is that it is a planet that does like to learn, that is willing to learn something new. So don't get so attached to your ideas and your need to be right or your desire to be right, that you put that ahead of seeking the truth. Now, my loves, let me run through the transits of the week one more time. We are in the retro shade of the Mercury retrograde that won't start until May 29th. We are in eclipse season. So the first eclipse doesn't happen until next week, but we are feeling it build on the 17th. We have an exact sun trine to Pluto. On the 19th, we have an exact Venus sextile to Saturn. On the 20th, it's Gemini season. And on the 21st, we have a sun square to Jupiter. As always, my loves, use this information, whatever other information you're getting about astrology, to empower yourself, to take care of yourself and participate in the world in a way that reflects your convictions, your values, and your heart. And remember this. It is far better to have struggles based on what is true than to get along based on lies. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.